WeMakeTheFunny.com presents Let's Chat Comedy. Hosted by K.L. Thomas. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Chat Comedy. I'm chilling with Amy Buckwall, who's visiting from L.A. She's chilling here in New York at the Javits Convention Center, which is a huge building, which is empty right now. So it's kind of creepy and fun, and we're loving it. Say hi to the podcast world, Amy. Hello. Thank you for having me. So, Amy, we met through a show, and I booked you because someone recommended you, and I saw you, and you are crazy on stage, <laughs> and I love it. It was like a mix of storytelling, stand-up, and I don't know, you did a, like a fish or something yeah, on stage. <laughs> the goldfish who has to be positive because they live in this tiny little bowl, the glass bowl, so they always have to be very positive, and they have to do the same thing over and over and over, and, you know, they die then in three days, but... You know, it's the journey of the goldfish that matters. And that's part of it being, you know, though, it's been so stressful being here in New York. But I don't think it's as stressful as probably being a cuckoo in a cuckoo clock, right? Because you're always waiting. You're waiting. Or a jack-in-the-box because you're in your little box and you're wet. It's the same music and you're just like, get to it. Anyway, I digress do that a lot but that's why I love you (laughs) so we're gonna start off this interview because I I loved you so much when I met you that I didn't bother researching who you were I was like I just love Amy let's just keep putting on our show and then I read your bio and I was like damn girl so you started in children's theater I I started at the Minneapolis Children's Theater School when I was 11 I was the youngest one taken and thank goodness because I was a very reclusive shy kid And my mom had the great idea of putting me in children's theater school, and I auditioned for it. And I did half a day of school and then half a day of theater school. And then at night, I'd have rehearsals, and then I'd have performances. So from 11 on, and then when I was 16, I got my equity card. So it was quite an immersion, and I learned everything from... Every type of dance, from jazz to ballet to African. We had mime classes. We had singing. We had music theory. I mean, it was extraordinary at such a young age to receive that kind of arts education. And in Minneapolis. So I was very lucky to have that outlet uh, because I was bullied a lot in school because I was very tiny and Jewish. And in Minnesota, you know, everyone's very Lutheran so we were the first Jewish family to move in to our neighborhood and so it was tough so I was very fortunate that I had a place to be creative and feel safe in and to explore that as a young person and to be validated for that at a young age. Is your mother still around? Yep my parents are 81 and 84 and they're still working. Have you ever told your mother how, like, that really, it seemed like that changed your life? Yes. Oh, all the time. She's amazing. I'm very lucky. I have incredible parents, and they they have such an incredible work ethic. They escaped Hitler and came over to New York as immigrants, and they were childhood sweethearts. So they knew each other. They grew up with each other, and... uh, they, you know, that my, my father grew up in the Bronx, my mother in Queens. And uh, then when my father, my father's a surgeon, and my mother's an editor and a writer and a poet. And uh, she just published a new book of poetry. 
Uh, and she just did a poetry reading. So she's, she's out there doing her thing, and then that's how they got to Minneapolis, because my father did his residency as, at the University of Minnesota. Wow, that's, wow. I mean, I remember you sending me a link uh, with your mom's stuff because she also does a lot of animal rights. Yes. And I'm a yes. huge animal person, and so are you. So, wow. That's, do you think you get that from her? Yes, as I said, I mean, they lead by example. And uh, I'm just very fortunate, I am, because a lot of uh, growing up, as I said, in children's theater school, a lot of the kids I knew did not have that in their lives they did not have family they did not have parents they were very lost and the theater school was a family to them and gave them focus and purpose and I I was one of the lucky ones I really was yeah you are because uh you got your equity card at 16 and then you got a BA at Sarah Lawrence and you have quite a I think we should tell everyone a little bit more about your (laughs) training here well, I went to um, to London first before I went to Sarah Lawrence College. I did a program at RADA, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. So I studied there, and that was quite a culture shock, and it was amazing. And I got to go to the theater. I would go rush every night and see the most incredible shows for nothing. And uh, then from there I went to, to New York to to Sarah Lawrence College, which is in Bronxville, and that was amazing, too. That's, it's, a very, it's a very unique experience at Sarah Lawrence because you get to pick your instructors and they get to pick you. So it's a very intimate campus. So your classes, there's you know, maybe 10, 12 people in a class, so the instructor knows <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not there, they call you. Like, where are you? What have you been doing? So, yeah. Car 54. <laughs> So when you were in London, because I had a friend who studied there, did you do more watching uh, instead of performing? I was in the school there. At, I was training there. So I had classes during the day, and then we would go out at night and see plays and go drinking and have fun. <laughs> as you do when you're in college and training as an actor. <clears throat> So uh, you're a pretty serious actor. You also wrote a TV series. You have a, an amazing, amazing resu- resume. Thank you. Like you worked in a woman's project. I mean, PBS. Yes. Like we can go on for days, and I would love to hear more about it. So when you finished college, obviously this was a career you're going for. Where did you go yeah. after that? There, was, there were so many different choices, and when I, I came back to Minnesota... Um, I started to do theater again in Minneapolis, and I did a one-person show there. Um, And uh, from there, I went to Los Angeles. And so it was, you know, being in L.A., missing family, that that was tough. But everything has led me to where I am now. And in terms of, I'm really, I'm, I'm hot right now because <laughs> as we're going to talk about my new web series um, about the first menopausal superhero. Yeah. So I just took off a sweater because that's what I'm going through right now. <laughs> so um, this series, Hot Flash, Laura Tate, the Chronicles of Laura Tate, menopausal superhero and so I figured when this was happening to me this must be these incredible hot flashes 
must be used as some sort of superpower because you're just on fire. And wouldn't it be great to utilize that somehow? And nobody's done that. So anyway, I wrote that, and I wrote, we've done two uh, web series. The first one is the pilot and shows what happens and how Laura has her hot flash and unfortunately vaporizes her husband. And then she learns how to harness the hot flash and wield it. And um, there are 34 menopausal symptoms. And we cover all of them and use them as superpowers. I have to say, when I first met you and I checked out your site with hot flashes, I was cracking up. And I also was kind of like, that's my fate. (laughs) Well, you can't escape it. I, I mean, you can't, unfortunately. So you have to embrace it. And I think what we're trying to do with this this series too is demystify menopause because it is still so mysterious and people don't talk about it they you know right now you see everything on television for your period and getting your period and who cares it's no big deal but for menopause there's really nothing out there right now that you see and you go oh i get that that's what happens i mean it's still mysterious right you don't know a lot about menopause And I didn't know until it started happening to me. And then I wanted to be more proactive about it. And I wanted to show that this is a time not only of dramatic changes, but it can be empowering. Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg, when she was, I think she was done or at the end of going through her stage of menopause. She did do a one-woman show, but it was more of like how she was feeling of like, Am I a woman still? Like, she went through a lot of emotional. I like how you're actually taking symptoms that some women, if they're blessed, won't go through yes, them as bad. Yes. And what I find interesting is you're taking all these years of experience of a woman in in the arts and putting it all in and just making fun of it. Because what do we do? We take the truth of life and yes. make it funny because it is funny. Yes, it's funny, or and you don't want it to be so scary and daunting. And also, you know, some women, as you said, are lucky. They don't have any symptoms, and they just glide through. And other women, uh, I know, it's just hell. <laughs> or they had they get on hormone replacement therapy, and I was on that. I was on um, the estrogen patch and then uh, progesterone at night, bioidentical, and I got sick from that, so I had to stop it, yeah. But some women can take hormones and they do beautifully on it. And then they forego the night sweats and the hot flashes and all the other 34 symptoms that happen. So it's different for each woman. But everybody, most everybody is afflicted with this. So you have to, as you said, make light of it. And also, you know, this is what's happening. It educates, but in a fun and funny, powerful way. So... I mean, it is an amazing experience to feel hot flash. I mean, <laughs> I mean, good or bad. I mean, men will never, unfortunately, they don't get to feel that. But you just, you know, ooh, you just, <laughs> it's like, woo, flame on. And it's, it really is remarkable. And uh, the body is so incredible. And I think just embracing that and where you are as a woman, because this stage of life for women you become invisible in a lot of ways. This demographic of women becomes invisible, and that's something also we're talking about. And with this, with Hot Flash, uh, it's another way to, for women to connect and feel that interconnectedness 
And so it's not an isolated or isolating experience, menopause. That you can talk about it. It's funny. We can share, you know, we can talk about vaginal dryness. It's out there now. And we can talk about it. And it's one of the superpowers so that I, that's in the web series. Chilling at the Javits Center with Amy Buckwall. We're just having a good old time talking about hot flash. <laughs> hot flashes. My fate. So, um... The fact that you point out that women at this stage do do disappear, and you've been doing theater, producing, comedy, writing, playwriting, you've you've done it all. And uh, do you think it's gotten better? Or do you think women still kind of disappear? Well, it's a great question for right now, seeing where we are in the world and what's happening around us in the government. I mean, it's a very turbulent time. So more than ever, I think women need to be out there and using their voice and being involved in as many different things in many different ways as we can and to support each other. You know, send the elevator back down. If you're successful, send the elevator back down so that your sisters can get on board. That's, I know, like, when we met, a, like, almost a year ago, you and I were talking about how, you know, it's nice to meet another woman in comedy and production and just, like, how we help each other out and like, but now everything seems it's changed dramatically. I feel like we do need each other more now. I think your show is really important because not only are you educating the rest of us ladies or women who are going through it and just need a good laugh because it's hell. um, Just, you know, that we do need each other and we do need to realize that you don't disappear once you hit 40 or older in this industry. No, it's essential. And the more we make our own content, whether it's web series, in, in writing, in theater, then the more we have for ourselves to perform in. But we have to keep creating those venues and those mediums, whether it's dance, whatever it is, so that we're seen, we're heard, we're here. And that, that really is how it's going to continue. We have to be the voice for, for us. You also, this, uh, your show is, uh, it's from a theater company that's a nonprofit, correct? Yes, the Mulberry Tree Group. It's a nonprofit. And we, what we do is we work on topics that are taboo. We have another show about domestic violence. It's a musical about domestic violence called Candy Hearts. And we had um, a reading here at Pearl Studios and also at St. Luke's, which went very well. And now we're looking to get it produced and it discusses through three couples domestic violence and verbally physically and through the oppression of religion and uh, not only women but men Uh, so domestic violence does not know color gender race it is endemic in society it is it is a cancer and so this musical discusses all of that. There is levity in it, though. There is levity in it. <laughs> I know. I was about to cry. I was like, Amy, tell me something good, Amy, please. This is sad. But I'm, you know, I am glad that you brought up because there is, uh, there is abuse towards husbands, too. But yes. that's, it's like never talked about or it's joked about. Yep. We have a gay couple in the show. And that's one of the things we discuss. Because it isn't. I mean, it, that's what people, you know, it's also dispelling, again, the myth of, who, who ha, it, experiences domestic violence? 
But it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't, it's not like that. Yeah. It's just as I said, it's as cancer, it is non-discriminatory. Something we want to eradicate, and through the arts, through the Mulberry Tree Group, that's what we're doing. We also have a dance piece about, it's called Utsubio, it's about depression. So, I mean, all of these topics that we do, as I said, are about taboo subjects, and we want to transform and connect and change through these different mediums, through the arts, to reach people. Because if you do a lecture about domestic violence and then you listen to a song, it does something different in the brain when we listen to music. So it saturates the soul. When you're in a musical, you go out singing the songs, hopefully, if you like them, of a musical. And so that's what we are, we are doing with this show. That's fantastic. Amy, um, you, grow, growing up in theater, you could have just stuck to just doing serious pieces because you have quite a bit of a background of some straight, you know, serious uh, acting. What was it about comedy that kept pulling you in? That is such a great question. <laughs> um, I always admired and was just in awe of stand-up comedians, and I used to watch Carol Burnett all the time, oh, religiously. Yes. I mean, she's a goddess, and, uh, you know, so many, Danny Kaye, I mean, so many, many growing up as a kid, and like, wow, that's amazing. And then when I started listening to stand-up comedy, and I started also seeing the range of comedians, uh, you know, from Robin Williams, uh, you know, who was, who's so wild, and he improvises, and he's on the spot, and, you know, to Jerry Seinfeld, who's observational, and he's, you know, these are two different, two different ways to express this art form, and there's all that in between. So it's open. It's open territory. And you can create whatever is in your mind and is in your heart to do. And you hope that you will connect and it will be humorous for people because that is the goal, that you want them to laugh. And that is great when that happens. Um, so it's, it's quite a thing when you make someone laugh. It is very medicinal. And I just, I find it, you know, it's, it's difficult and it's it's a great a great art form. I think everyone listening to this will agree with you on that. Comedy is a beautiful art form. Yes. It can be raunchy sometimes, but it's still beautiful. <laughs> it's still pretty. <laughs> but it can. But also, that's a way of connecting too. Yeah. And it's about always about connecting, connecting. Even if your stuff is, you know, as you know, my stuff it's very absurdist. <laughs> it's very out there. But it's coming. I'll be honest with you. Like when I watch you first perform, I was kind of like. Did I just hit some acid? What just happened here? But I love it. <laughs> that's true. That's totally true. And, you know, that's just how my mind goes. It's very non sequitur, and that's just how it is. And that's okay. That's okay that I can do this in this medium. There's no limits. And I think, too, for a woman in comedy, that's been very interesting for me to watch other women comedians and because – you know, very much so this was a, a male-dominated industry. So when women really started pushing ahead and forging in, it was fascinating to watch and, and very brave to do. You're also a part of that, though. 
it's so cool to be sitting here at the Javits talking to you, Amy Buckwall, because like, you know, when you did uh, a show that I used to run in a December, there was someone uh, younger than you who was trying to break through the industry. And she's a lot like you and her style of like, she's just out there and she has no limitations. And she was so impressed. And um, you got to hang out with her and talk to her. And she's like, even today when I see her, she'll bring you up because it it is encouraging because it is tough being a woman in this industry. It's gotten better on so many levels, but it is it is tough. So I'm I'm so happy when I was like reading your bio and all the success you've had and you kept it going. And now you're at it at an age where most people would stop and you're like, nope, I'm going to make fun of my menopause. (laughs) That's right. Well, I don't believe that. And also the thing about stand up is it's ageless. It's forever. You can you can start at 75. I mean, funny is funny. You're funny at 10 or you're funny at 80. I mean, that's not there's no age limit on funny. There's no age limit on being creative and passionate about what you want to achieve in the world. So I think that is embedded in our society, especially for women, about, well, you should stop now and do this and do that. And I, 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 don't, I don't subscribe to that. That's not what I want to do or hear or have in my life. And we have to keep fighting against that and keep going out and, and creating so that we don't look back and go, oh, why the why didn't I do that? You don't want to have those regrets. You don't. So at least if you tried and you failed, good. Because failure's fantastic. Because, <laughs> you know? Because then you have this barometer of like, well, okay, that w- didn't work. Why? Then you can investigate. It's like a CSI, you know, crime scene. You can figure out what the hell did I do wrong and how can I go on or should I abandon this project and move on to something else but if you don't fail then you've never tried obviously cliche but but so true and especially for women to keep encouraging women to and young women to go out and try because everyone's afraid I mean I I don't care who you are how good you are how long you've been doing stand-up everyone's nervous and they want it to go well obviously and they, they want connection. So you just have to live with the fear and try and keep going anyway and no matter what and not let anybody stop that flow. Don't let anybody stop your flow. Amy, it's always a pleasure being with you. And please tell everyone where to find all your information and hot flashes. Give everyone the details. Amy Buckwald, uh, LOL, dot com. <laughs> and um, uh, Hot Flash, uh, The Chronicles of Laura Tate, Menopausal Superhero, is on YouTube, episode one and two. Thank you. Always a pleasure and always encouraging to talk to someone a little bit older than me. I mean, it's. Bit. Well, it's just funny because you're really not that much, you're not that old, but in this industry. I am. You are. Hell yes. Hell yes, I am. And I'm grateful to you. Beautiful, (laughs) wonderful you for creating this and having a safe space and having this conversation. Awesome you. Good for you. Thank you. (laughs) All right, everyone, check out Amy. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Let's Chat Comedy presented by WeMakeTheFunny.com. You can follow WeMakeTheFunny.com on Twitter at WeMakeTheFunny. And check out the website, WeMakeTheFunny.com, and sign up for our laugh letter. That's right. It's the newsletter, but we call it the laugh letter. It's hilarious.